0: Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Billy Rose released her debut EP, Company with Regret, in 2020. She's released two singles, Black Dress and Label Me a Killer, and we're going to have a chat about her music. Hi, Billy Rose. Hello. Lovely to talk to you about your songs and I've been a fan since that EP was released so it's great to have a chance to chat to you but I will start with your new song which has a very impressive title Label Me a Killer (laughs) Um, and it has a title that fits the content of the song in that the song is about the death of a relationship and the emotion in it is strong but what was the initial spark for the song?
1: Um, It was actually from a personal experience which I think um, makes things, yes, very interesting. Um, So I wrote it from my own emotions and um, how I felt at the time um, after my boyfriend had, yes, done what he did in the song. Um, So I did what any singer does or songwriter and wrote about it. So yeah, it was actually like the first song that was um, like 100% my story and truth. Right. Yeah. Was, and when you say that it was the first song that was like that, is that
0: because in the past you haven't wanted to to put so much of yourself into a song?
1: I think so. Um, I think a bit of both. Um, sometimes I would, in my um, past writing experiences, I would just dramatise small parts of things um, or I would draw inspiration from other people's lives or TV shows or something like that. Um, whereas this one was my way of dealing with something that had actually happened to me. And I think, like you said, um, in the past, I was a little bit hesitant um, still being in high school and still being in my hometown. I felt very um, sheltered. I didn't want to expose my true feelings. Um, But I think as you get older, you realize that that's if that's how you want to deal with it, then um, you got to own it and put it out there. And uh, you are from Charters
0: Towers in northwest Queensland, so I imagine, yes, now that you're saying it like that, if you write a song about someone that you know and you're living in a relatively small town, people are going to start wondering if it's about them. That's right. (laughs) It's more pressure than I, yeah, I've actually never considered that for artists who live in small communities, but that is an element to to factor in.
1: yes. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> just I'm, hope they don't watch this interview
0: okay. <laughs> um, well you know you've moved from there now you live in Brisbane right. but um were you ever tempted to put people you know from Charters Towers in songs and then stopped yourself because you thought mm, no
1: um not really actually um yeah I think that was my first major um feelings and, um, heartbreak and all that type of stuff. So it was my first time, um, expressing those feelings. So before that, I, yeah, like I said, I had to tap into other people's lives and that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I haven't really had to stop and stop myself. So, um, maybe now I will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But have you written songs since that are more your experience?
1: Yes. Um definitely these the new songs that I have been recording and will be releasing are definitely more um me and pretty much like my my journal I guess you could say. So it's mm-hmm. it's pretty special. So to go back to the song label me a killer there is uh, anger in it and
0: you've said that, that there is some anger in it and that's that is quite a force to work from. So were you when you started writing it, were you feeling that, um, and then having to sustain it, or did you just let that anger that you had at the start um, be enough?
1: Um, I think, I think it all just sort of um, flowed through the whole song. Um, I went to Ellie Beach actually for the weekend and wrote with um, Peter Marie Richards, um, and we actually just sort of we didn't plan to write about it um, we just started chatting and then I guess the more you talk and stuff we're like oh we actually should write about this um, and then the more she asked me questions about what happened and the more I was reflecting um, since it had been a couple of weeks since the incident happened I think you sort of look at it from a outside point of view and that's when I um, probably realized I was More angry rather than upset. (laughs) I think anger is really useful, actually. And you got a song from it. There you go. That's right. (laughs) If you have been just
0: upset, you might not have been able to organise your thoughts well enough to write a song.
1: Yes, or it would have been a different type of song.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now I was also reading that your mum was one of the co-writers. She was
1: actually. Um. Yeah. So we drove to Ellie Beach from Charters. I think it was like a Friday. Quite a spontaneous trip, and um. It was her, myself, um, Robin, who is Peter's mum, and we all were just sitting around. and um, yeah, Mum actually come up with the line in the bridge, um, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, she's stoked to be a part of that. Um, and it was yeah, it was pretty special having having her a part of it. Do you think you'll include her in future songwriting sessions? I think so. She um often sends me some words and sentences that she thinks of. So I think she's got a little spark of songwriting there. So um definitely will take advantage of that.
0: <laughs> and is she otherwise musical? Did you grow up around music?
1: No, not at all. Um, she is the type of person that can't clap in the right time. <laughs> no music. Um, I think yeah none of my immediate family um play any instruments or anything like that um apart from growing up listening to music um from my mum and dad yeah no no musical background, maybe so when, in the uh what would you call it like great grapes there might have right, been like right. someone but no one that I know of
0: so when did you start becoming interested in music?
1: um I was about eight years old, I think like any other um, young eight-year-old girls obsessed with Hannah Montana at the time and um, loved all of that and then I sort of dove into that instead of playing imagination teachers I started playing imagination pop star singer and then I um entered a uh a talent quest at school in primary school and I mimed Mali sara song and then I actually asked if I could take singing lessons oh. and entered my first competition um, which was country music and it just grew from there. Oh wow
0: yeah. and how did you go in those
1: early competitions? Um, I went okay. I think it was more just a lot of fun confidence boost um, at the time. I definitely lost Um, probably more than I won when I was younger. So it was nice to finally start winning as I got older. Um, Yeah.
0: And did you pick up guitar at a certain stage or another instrument?
1: I did. um, So I started the singing and guitar at the same time, um, but I definitely focused um, a lot more on, I think, the singing side of things. But um, I'm grateful my mum actually pushed me to Focus on the guitar as well so that I could use that in future to back myself, um, which I do now during gigs and stuff, which is really good. I'm glad I stuck with that and listened to her. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> well, if I had it to- my way, I would be strutting up and down the stage <laughs> with <laughs> no
0: guitar. <laughs> well, because practising an instrument can be a bit boring sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But the combination of skills is obviously one of the big reasons why you were accepted into the CMAA Academy of Country Music in 2017, because you can't just turn up there and be like, I I feel like I might be able to sing. And you have to to actually establish that you can do those things. And it's because it's really hard to get in. So um, by the time you went there, had you been writing songs? Had you been doing a few gigs?
1: Yeah. So um, I wrote my first song at the age of 14 so I was grade nine and when I went to the academy um, I was 16 I believe so I had um, I guess experimented with songwriting I'd written a couple but I wasn't completely confident with it Um, I guess just still yeah, experimenting, finding out certain how I like to write and stuff. Um, As far as gigs, I definitely was doing gigs. That was um, something I started at about, I think, 14 as well um, at the local pubs. Um, Probably wasn't doing as often as uh, I began to as I got older, Um, but I definitely had the experience and I think I was... More focused on the festival circuit, the country music festival circuit, which takes up a lot of weekends um, in the season of it. So, yeah, a bit of bit of all of that plus school.
0: Yeah, well, and also to you know to get up in front of an audience at fourteen at the local pub, you know that that's that's tough. Were you feeling nervous or you just you just were excited that you'd have the chance to play?
1: Um, I think a bit of both. Definitely nervous because. Pubs can be a bit of a um, scary atmosphere. But it was, um, I remember the first gig I did was at the Waverley and it was more of a beer garden type of vibe on a Friday night. Um, And uh, Kelly Shun, she is a musician in charters. um, She invited me up a couple of times at another local pub, which was more of your, I guess, party scene. So I sort of got to dip my toes into that with, someone else which was really nice um so that yeah it gave me that type of experience um and I think because I started quite young doing that it's definitely helped me now Mm. well it is really hard to get the attention of
0: people in any pub environment I think so I imagine as a performer you do learn a a great deal being in a pub
1: yes a lot of resilience
0: (laughs) (laughs) um Sorry, I was just checking if my phone was on silent. I suddenly realised I thought maybe it's not. Um, uh, I was going to say, oh, you, you mentioned going to country music festivals quite a bit on weekends. Now, because you're in Charters Towers, that logistically, I imagine that was that was quite a feat to get out to everywhere.
1: Yeah, so um, we just started off. It was mainly my mum and I. Um, we would just get in the car and go to like Hughenden, uh, Pioneer Valley. Um, or, or everywhere, um, Serena, and then uh, I think I might have been 15, um, we ended up purchasing a little white van and it had a bed in it. So um, we actually started parking that up. We took that to the Master Muster um, one year and then we sold it. Um, but, yeah, just got around however we could. Um, lots of music, lots of talking, lots of road Snacks, yeah <laughs> um, yeah, so they're some of my best memories, actually, yeah, the actual road trip to those places,
0: so did your mum discover that she loved country music just by
1: coming to these festivals with you? She did, and I think just mu- uh watching me perform as well, um she was never the biggest country music fan um, until she met my dad. So he sort of got her into country music and then, yeah, coming along to festivals, she couldn't sort of escape it. So she's definitely um, loves it now. Just as well. Um, And what sort of music was your dad listening to? Uh, A lot of Garth Brooks, um, Mm -hmm. Brooks and Dunn. Um, Yeah, I I definitely remember Garth Brooks was um, definitely played a lot.
0: Yeah. And what did you like to listen to as you were growing up?
1: Um, I still think I was pretty influenced by my parents. So, um, whatever they had on, which sometimes then was, you know, the Eagles and ACDC and anyone like that. Um, but as I got older, um, and first year started listening to my own music, it would have been definitely like Carrie Underwood and Brad Paisley. Um, but now it's definitely changed a lot, um, as I've found my own sound um, and what I like to listen to, I listen to more of, I guess, um, the artists that probably aren't so big now. Like mm-hmm. I used to listen to a lot of pop country music, I guess, where, whereas now I'm, I'm appreciating songwriting more and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you uh,
0: started writing songs and developing as an artist, at what point did you decide to record music?
1: Um, I always knew that recording was something um, that I always wanted to do. It was always an end goal. Um, But I think when I was at the start of grade 12, it was definitely like figuring out when I wanted to do that. And I knew that I didn't want to record too young and look back and potentially get a bit embarrassed about the recording or um how I sounded. So I knew that um I wanted to wait till I at least felt confident that I I guess my voice was as mature as it could be at that time and stuff. Um so I just saved as much as I could, um, obviously with the help of my parents as well. And it seemed to be like the end of an era was my school schooling. Um, I graduated. So it felt fitting to sort of start my music career in more of a like a professional way um by recording at the end of yeah at the end of grade 12.
0: so I'm always just amazed by artists like you who do these things so young because you you put out these songs and it's just extraordinary I think and to to be even thinking during your last year of school yes I'm going to work towards recording and releasing some music I mean that's yeah that's phenomenal but I guess yeah having gone to the academy um that's they train you to be professional there that's right yeah so you, you had the skills in place, uh, no doubt. But speaking of recording, you recorded Label Me a Killer with Garrett Cato in his studio yeah. in Byron Bay. Is that the first time you worked with him?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, the first time was actually Black Dress. Uh, well, I guess that was all actually at the same time. So, yeah, it was the first time I'd actually met Garrett or um, mm-hmm. recorded with him and it was, yeah, unreal. It was awesome. And uh, so did you record some other songs at that session? Um, I did so. I recorded uh, two songs then, and I think last month I just recorded another two. So, okay. oh, sorry, I recorded three songs the first time, and then oh. just recorded another two. So, okay, so you yeah, have three in the can. can.
0: You're ready to. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, as I mentioned at the top, you released Black
0: Dress before you released Label Me a Killer. And what's what was the spark for that song?
1: Um, so the spark from that song again was a personal experience. Um, I noticed as I became, became uh, I guess, old enough to drink. Um, I noticed that I didn't quite enjoy the morning after feeling, you know. I what they call alcohol induced anxiety and the more open about it um with my friends and just anyone I noticed a lot of other people actually actually suffer from that as well and I thought why do we drink and do this so often just to feel like that like it's a pretty big price to pay um Mm -hmm. so I wanted to write and express how that made me feel Um, and that, like, it's. I feel like alcohol is romanced, uh, roman- romanticized. I don't even know the word. I'm looking. Yeah, that's at. right, romanticized. Yeah. Um, in a lot of songs, you know, everyone's like, "Yeah, partying, drinking, it's so much fun." And I hadn't come across a song that sort of, or alcohol is looked at in the way of dealing with something. But I hadn't actually come across a song that, um, expressed that feeling that is caused by alcohol the day after so i thought i would write something like that oh that's fantastic because
0: you're right there isn't much about it not much said about it and a yeah. lot of people might feel alcohol induced anxiety the next day but not realize that's what it is
1: yeah well, i believe they call it hangxiety <laughs> Oh it's all right.
0: Now I'm wondering if I've ever had it. So I'm starting to think.
1: So as you uh
0: because you now relocated to Brisbane, how are you finding the music community there? Oh, it's
1: excellent. It's um it feels so good to have a lot more uh, I guess, variety of opportunities and more people that are like like me and like-minded. Um I find in Charters Towers There wasn't as many musicians um, and there was only a handful of pubs, whereas here I'm, I guess, still I still feel new and still like my eyes are still open to all these yeah new opportunities and stuff that I haven't had before. So um, it's really nice and it's refreshing to be able to talk to another musician, whether that's um, they play an instrument and don't sing or they're just a songwriter or they're just, um, yeah, it's, it's really awesome to see so many people like that.
0: Um, particularly, some great country music artists who are living yeah. in and around Brisbane, some on the Gold Coast as well. So I'm just waiting for the day when you all get together to make your own festival.
1: Oh, it would be <laughs> nice. I still haven't found too many country music um, lovers or artists here in Brisbane, um, but when you do find them or see them, um, it's special because you have that familiar connection. It's um, straight away like, oh, you like country music? Bit of a relief. Like, finally, someone. So, yeah. <laughs> uh so for you
0: I imagine having gone to the academy that the Tamworth Country Music Festival is a bit like a homecoming because that's where the the academy is
1: yeah it's um pretty cool I've attended the festival a couple of times now and um I was bummed I missed out the last one and then obviously COVID but um it was so nice to attend the attend the festival um at a different time of year as well um Because the academy is quite cold, and then the festival is quite hot, so it was nice to see Tamworth in two different um, experiences. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't realised that the academy takes place in winter; it would be freezing. Yeah, actually, <laughs> in comparison to the festival in January, yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, in comparison to Queensland, you yeah.
1: <laughs> So, um,
0: the, given that you have those three songs already recorded? Are you, have you planned your release for those? Is it through to the end of this year or some of them for next year?
1: Um, I think some of them for next year. I definitely want to release I think one more um, by the end of this year but I reckon I am going to keep the others in my back pocket for next year.
0: And also, as I said, oh, this year I realised this year is rapidly coming to a close. I know,
1: I know. it's 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 crazy. So um, yeah, next year not that far away.
0: That's right. So if you're heading to Tamworth, I hope you booked your accommodation.
1: Yes, I know. It, that's another thing. Um, it it goes so quick. Yeah, it does I think well. everyone's more excited because it's been so long as well. Yeah,
0: it's it's a fantastic festival. I, I say it often because I think for people who haven't been, they, it's hard to describe just how lovely it is to have so many wonderful musicians all oh, in the no, same it place. Is awesome.
1: yeah. It is awesome. Like where can you go that has like busking one to two metres apart all the way down the street and every single pub has another musician in it playing 24-7. It is, yeah, spectacular. It really is. Um, but for the moment... We're still in this present
0: day, not at Tamworth, and listening to your song, Label Me a Killer, and I'm looking forward to whatever the next song will be. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thanks for your time.
1: You too. Thank
0: you. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.